Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy, the show that talks 100% LA Galaxy soccer. We're glad you could join us. Now it's time to sit back and relax. Your hosts navigate through the twisting, turning, but never boring world of the five-time MLS Cup champion, LA Galaxy. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Guessman. Joining me tonight, Miss Wendy Thomas. We have a great show for you tonight. Uh, getting ready to face up, face off against the Chicago Fire coming up on Saturday at 12.30, a, a possibly weather-affected crazy game that will be sold out. Uh, we'll see if it's sold out, if the wind's blowing and it's thunderstorms and raining, but certainly plans on being sold out. And Zlatan Ibrahimovic makes his first road trip with the LA Galaxy. And then, of, of course, we're going to talk about all the things that have happened during this week, all the news, all the information that we can possibly pull you as we get ready for this weekend's game. So, a lot of fun stuff to get to, as well as your calls. So, if you're thinking about calling in, get ready for that as well. And if you're listening to us on the podcast, we'll sit back for a little while. We have about 60 minutes of LA Galaxy soccer to talk to you about. But let's check in with uh, my my very determined, very, very wonderful co-host, uh, Miss Wendy Thomas. Wendy, how's it going? How's it going great, Josh? How are you? I'm doing good. I'm hanging in there. Almost uh, almost the end of the work week, which is always nice. Getting ready for a little LA Galaxy away soccer. Maybe uh, maybe people are planning their away trips, or or maybe they're thinking, hey, you know, Chicago sounds like a good place to go visit. Maybe I'll do that next time, because this time I'm not sure it's going to be the best place to watch a soccer game. <laughs> well, Chicago is a little bit chilly early in the year, but we're getting to April, so... You, there's about four days of good weather in Chicago every year. Oh. Maybe people get lucky. Yeah, I was going to say, it's 42 degrees is supposed to be the high <laughs> on Saturday, and it's thunderstorms and rain and windy and, and also, yeah. It's going to be an interesting, you know who will feel, feel completely at home, though, Wendy? Zlatan well, Ibrahimovic. I mean, coming from, from Manchester, this is it's got to be garden weather for him. Well, coming from <laughs> Manchester, but you're forgetting that the man was born in my neck of the woods where my... A family is also from, which is Malmo, Sweden. Yes. So you're talking about a man who knows his tundra, and he is very familiar with snow and sleet and rain. He should be right at fine. He he should be fine. It's the rest of the galaxy. Maybe I'm I'm worried, but you know, actually, Cole's gotten used to those beaches now. I I oh. want I wonder if uh, I wonder if he's gonna be a little bit. It's just gonna be a weird game, and I'm sure we're gonna talk about it a whole bunch more. But Wendy, I want to talk to you because I haven't talked to you since since Laton ha- has come on mm-hmm. and 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 pulled off the miracle on March 31st there against LAFC. Uh, I haven't talked to you since uh, Sporting Kansas City game, so I, I just go ahead and and give us your thoughts on the circus that has enveloped the LA Galaxy. Ugh, well, I have to say that. Um, I did listen to your show with Jared and did, uh, Jared and I actually ran into each other outside of that game on March 31st. And I would have to say that the week that followed that game was one of the most delirious soccer weeks I've ever experienced. I am it, that game on March 31st, the rivalry game with LAFC was one of the most singularly exciting soccer experiences I've ever had. Zlatan's, uh, debut as an LA Galaxy player was electrical and the atmosphere in the stadium Josh I'm you you sit up there in the press box but I sit in the seats with the fans and oh my goodness it was like there was a live wire current of electricity that was running through the stands such that almost like the vibrations of the fans were bouncing off of one another. It was like a circular loop, a a feedback loop where the energy in the crowd was just feeding off of the energy in the crowd. It was a crazy atmosphere outside of an MLS cup. I'm trying to remember if I have ever 
experienced an atmosphere like that at the StubHub Center, and I I don't think that I have. Yeah, I'd even um, go I'd even go as far, Wendy, as to say that even in MLS Cups, that there wasn't that type of electricity, and it's a little different buildup of the crowd when you look at with LAFC and, and having, you know, a, a large segment of, of supporters there. I mean, New England didn't travel that many people to come out for MLS Cup. You know, Houston traveled some, but it was never the mix that was in the stadium fed that as well. So I would say that it may be completely different than M- any sort of MLS Cup that you that maybe I've been to. That's for sure. Yes. And this sort of solved the mystery for me of when in the EPL, you always hear commenters, uh, Uh, waxing poetic about the majesty of the Derby. And as MLS fans, not a lot of MLS fans experience a Derby. There's certainly rivalries when you look at Seattle, Portland, if you look at uh, Galaxy Earthquakes. But a Derby is a sort of unique experience. And I think I understand it now in a way that I didn't appreciate it before, which is that the entire city participates in this game and there's people on both sides and there's huge crowds on both sides. And there's animus on both sides and passion on both sides. And of course, what added to that was the fact that there was such a huge swing in terms of the velocity of the game with us going down three and then up four, in addition to the debut of one of the most exciting, flamboyant, audacious uh, players in the history of the sport. And in addition to the fact that it was the first Derby match, there were so many things going on in that game. I was just so happy to be a witness to it. And I, but I have to say, not only was the game itself thrilling, but in the week thereafter, I was obsessed with watching clips of the game. I don't know how yep. many times I watched that goal. It must have been like a hundred times I watched it. I'm almost glad that it was put to end to an end the following week because I don't think my law firm would have continued employing me given the amount of time I was devoting to watching LA Galaxy clips. Were, were you, I were really you, have were, concerns about my productivity level. Were, were you randomly showing strangers the clip? Because that's what I was <laughs> yes. doing. I was like, hey, have you seen this? Have you have you seen this at all? Because this is this is pretty interesting. In case you haven't seen, no, no, no. This is his goal set to Titanic music. You should watch this one. It's a little bit different. I, I forced my brother to watch it. I forced my office manager to watch it. I forced two of my colleagues to watch it. My office manager is Swedish. She's from Sweden, and so when I came in in the morning, she knew that he had been acquired by the LA Galaxy. And I ran to her office and I said, "Did you see the goal? Did you?" She was like, "Oh my God, I did!" Because to the Swedish, you know, uh, Ibrahimovic and Bjorn Borg are like their two athletic gods. And so to to the Swedes, even though he is not a very Scandinavian uh, Swede, he is a Swede and he is, you know, like their one of their greatest exports, I think. Yeah, yeah, you can um, so, you, you can see that. Yeah, and I agree with you. And you know what? Here was the problem I had approaching sport in Kansas City, if if we can if we can transition just a little bit to it, is that you knew the game wasn't gonna be as good. I almost didn't want it to come, no. but at the same time I was like, let's go ahead and rip the band-aid off. And as I've said on uh, on Monday's show, uh, I had some bad feelings going into that game because Sporting Kansas City and the LA Galaxy have played what I consider the most boring game of soccer ever that I've ever witnessed. So I was a little bit scared that they might do it again to me, and they didn't, but it, it certainly could never live up to what that, that previous game was. No, and I don't think the game was boring. It was, it was, it was an interesting game. It did sort of break the magical hold that had paralyzed me for the previous week. But in a way, it's, you know, good for us to come out of this because we can't live like that and realize that this is going to be a year-long project. This is, 
it's very easy to get caught up in the moment of this uh, experience that we're having here with Zlatan, but I think you know the next few months we'll see how it shakes out because the way I see it, it could be an incredible opportunity that could lead us all the way to the MLS Cup, or it could be a huge fireball that we just causes the galaxy to implode in spectacular fashion. Yeah. So really, there's a lot of drama that's uh, on the line here. And a lot of it does depend on Zlatan and how he handles certain challenges that are both professional and in terms of not athletic challenges, but challenges in terms of who he is as a person and how he can, how he is going to operate within a system where his comrades and colleagues and the people who look up to him and who he needs to support are nowhere near as talented as him. And how that creates challenges for a lot of players in terms of their expectations of what can be achieved in the field. I think that's very interesting. And in terms of the fact that he is someone who has always demanded so much of his colleagues, you know, there's in his uh, autobiography, which we were talking about before we went on the air, there's numerous stories of fights that he's gotten into with coaches and players about you know, people working hard about effort level. And I just wonder how that is going to roll out in the LA Galaxy locker room. Do you yeah. have any thoughts on that, Josh? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I do. And I think it's going to be extremely... You, you see how frustrating it was for Ashley Cole to deal with these guys. Um, and he even said it after the Sporting Kansas City game. He said the same thing that he said last year. And he even referenced the fact that he said it last year. So he's, he's, he's understanding that, you know, some similar context is implied here. He says, you know, I can't hold everybody's hand. And that's, that's telling, but it's also as a captain, it's encouraging. He's telling people that they have to be individually responsible. And individually, and individualism and, and individual responsibility in the soccer field is probably the most important thing that you can have in a team. You need the teamwork, clearly. That's always going to be there. You're always going to have these guys. But it's the individual responsibility. It's not passing your responsibility off to someone else. And the problem with the big stars, and I certainly think David Beckham had the problem, um, you know, any of these guys who are expected to perform, is that a lot of times they try to take up too much of the responsibility and do everything themselves. And that's also hurting individual responsibility. Um, so I want to see what Zlatan does when he's not being fed the ball every single time. And by the way, he's a striker. It's not horrible to feed him the ball every time, Wendy, but you don't want to force it in there every single time. You still want to make smart plays. And I think that the Galaxy are going to have to learn to do that because you certainly saw in the Sporting Kansas City game whenever he came on that they tried to get him the ball an awful lot, which worked out okay but it's just not something you can just rely on and depend on every single time and so I I know what you're saying you have to you definitely have to see how he's going to interact with the younger kids and I'll be honest so far with everybody I've talked to all I've heard was man he's such a great guy and I feel like there was trepidation in the locker room a little bit whenever they knew he was coming right I mean there's God God is coming to your locker room you're going to be a little nervous but all I've heard is you know he's one of the guys so I, I guess that gives me a positive feeling about where the the current relationship is. Yeah, and his everything that I've ever read about him, I mean, in fact, something that maybe distinguishes him some, from someone like Cristiano Ronaldo or Lionel Messi is that he has a really engaging personality. And in some ways, I think that his appeal to an American audience is even more pronounced because of his flamboyance, his charisma. And there's a, in a way, I think he's, as a product, almost something that's 
going to have a more a greater chance for success than it would be per, perhaps with someone like Cristiano Ronaldo or Lionel Messi. Cristiano, because he's like a walking human brand and almost nothing that he does has any feeling of authenticity or humanity behind it. And Lionel Messi, because he's such an enigma and is so um, in, internally, he has such an internal locus of control that it's hard to really figure out what is behind that, you know, whereas Zlatan is very much this huge personality. And I think that he's extremely like, he comes across at least as being extremely likable, but you know that he has a temper, you know that from his own book right. and that he's not afraid of conflict. And that if he is in a situation where he feels it's called for, he is going to raise issues. But fortunately, I think that in, in the United States of America, maybe that's something that we can deal with better because I think, for example, with his in terms of his relationship with Pep Guardiola, he had this horrible situation where he felt like he couldn't speak up and he couldn't say anything because it was considered um, like it was considered day class A in order to like challenge someone. So maybe he'd prefer like the more confrontational American style. And I think that you're right, it does make sense to feed him the ball, but only at when called for, because if you'll notice, like, for example, during the LAFC game, when he came on, Emma's goal that he gave the assist on to um, the flying header yep. of Chris Pontius, that happened because immediately when Zlatan came on, defenders from LAFC, it was like the gravity of the game bent towards Zlatan Ibrahimovic, such that he was like a vortex that was drawing in LAFC players. They completely lost Emma, didn't even realize he was running directly past them and just feeding the ball to a wide open Chris Pontius. And the same thing happened in the Kansas City game. Immediately after he comes on, it he the attention that is drawn towards him by players from the opposing team creates huge opportunities. For example, in that game from Roman Alessandrini, who had, he had a couple of yeah. really good shots. And I, I know one hit off the crossbar and I think there was something wrong with him that game. He was definitely off his game. He wasn't playing the way he normally does, um, but he had a couple of good chances. And a lot of that came by virtue of the fact that, there's the sh just the attention, the sheer attention that is drawn towards Zlatan when he's on the field. It creates space. It creates huge space for the other players in the team. They have wide open chances that if they properly exploit and you know execute some finishing, we should be banging in goals from Roberto Sandrini, from Ola Kamara, Sebastian Legette. All these players have an opportunity to get additional goals because the opposing team is going to be pathologically obsessed with following whatever Zlatan's doing on the field. Yeah, and I, and I made that point that, you know, people were saying, well, how many goals does Zlatan have to score in order for it to be a, a success? And I made the point that if the Galaxy offense is working, he doesn't need to score any goals. I don't care. Right. Right. As long as he's, as you know, as long as he's involved, as long as he's doing stuff and he is drawing people and listen, he's going to get goals. I mean, there's, there's, there's no doubt about oh, yeah. it. He'll he's, get some, he'll get some good dingers, I think. Yeah, he will. And, and you're going to see it. And he just has, the, he has too much quality for him not to score, score goals. So I, I'm not concerned about it, but at the bottom line is if the offense is working, he doesn't have to score goals. I don't care. Um, it's just a matter of whether that offense is working. And you saw against Sporting Kansas City, an offense that was very active, that got very unlucky and that, you know, stood basically got stonewalled by uh, by player of the week, uh, Tim Melia, who was back there in goal, uh, made 10 saves, a record high for uh, for him, and he ends up winning the player of the week. It was, it was unfortunate for the Galaxy. Certainly, I think they could have placed some shots better. 
Um, but they also hit the post three times. And, you know, Sporting Kansas City did something I didn't think they were going to be able to do, which was keep the Galaxy off the board, and they got lucky, and they did. Um, and then you have two defensive breakdowns again. Um, two defensive breakdowns, just in five <laughs> yeah. minutes. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, not, I'm not satisfied with pinning the outcome of that game on luck. I think that the Galaxy's defense fell apart. Not Ashley Cole's fault. He does a heroic job trying to put keep that back line together, but we have some serious defensive liabilities going on that back line. And, you know, in terms of the offense, I think there was something I, I saw Roman Alessandrini was played centrally. He usually would play on the wing and Pontius was on the wing, which I thought was kind of weird. And I, that only really makes sense to me that it was played that way. If his hamstring is really not completely there because they don't want him running the way that you would have to if you were on the wing. I don't know why else you'd play him centrally when he's normally a winger. He is. He can play centrally, and he did last year. So, I mean, it wasn't a huge surprise. I will tell you that uh, from the lineups that I was expecting from attending training on Saturday and the lineup that happened on Sunday, there was a little tweak to it. But Roman was still heavily involved in that, so I didn't expect it. It was really just about him getting minutes, and that's that's sort of a hard thing to say. But you had to put him out there, and you had to put him in a position. And I think they felt that Pontius, I think you're right. I think that they wanted Pontius to do the majority of the running over there, and that's probably fine too. Um, but that being said, Alessandrini was up and back and forward and front and, and running all over the place. He just, he's rusty. He hasn't he, played. Yeah, he really didn't. To me, he looked off. There was something wrong. He normally, he made a lot of mistakes in that game he never normally would make. Well, he hasn't played since the first, since the second half of the first game of the season. Yeah. I mean, you have to expect that. And he really just got back to training the week, the week, week and a half before. So this is a guy who's coming off an injury that they're trying to work back, get minutes. And uh, again, I think people were, were disappointed and some of the substitutes that were made and some of the things that happened and, and they want to blame Siggy Schmidt and you had to get people playing time. You had to play Jonathan Dos Santos who maybe was, and Siggy said as much after the game, that probably wasn't 90 minutes fit but they knew that they were going to stretch him that far. They knew they wanted to play Roman Alessandrini but they knew they were going to have to sub him so that was already a given. Um, and then to make it easy on the substitutions, you know, you bring Sebastian Legette, who sort of fills in directly for him whenever that happens. And I know people wanted to see Sebastian and, and Roman play on the field together, and it, it, I, there was frustrations that that didn't happen. And maybe that happens this weekend, whenever it finally has. But the bottom line is that Siggy had to play these guys, and you can't just give Roman, you know, 45 minutes because that's not going to play him back into game shape. You have to give him as many minutes as you can. And Siggy said he thought he left him out maybe a little bit too long. But at the same time, you know, he was getting so many close shots and, and really generating some offense there towards the end. So if you look at it this way, I agree with you, Wendy. He was rusty. He didn't look the same. Uh, he looked a little slow. He was losing balls. Um, his passes weren't crisp. All that stuff I can I can certainly attribute to Russ. But as the game got going, uh, and especially after Zlatan Ibrahimovic came in, you saw him light up again uh, for a short period of time until he came off the field. And so I think that if you're looking for some positives, it's that, one, the Galaxy defense played better than they did against LAFC. Uh, and <laughs> which is true because they gave up, you know, however many goals they gave up three goals to LAFC uh, and they gave up two goals to uh, supporting <clears throat> Kansas city. And it was a much more condensed time that they gave up those goals. Only five minutes. I want to, it's this galaxy team drives me crazy because either they come out flat in the first half, Wendy, like we saw against LAFC, or they come out flat in, at the start of the second half, which is what killed them against sporting Kansas city. So I'm looking for that consistent effort across 90 minutes, something that they did Rather well, but with an extra defender in Vancouver, 
I now want to see that against Chicago, and Chicago's going to be such a, a difficult test for them because there's so much talent on that on the uh, on the front line and Bastian Schweinsteiger and Nikolic. Um, so there's guys here who are going to definitely test them. Uh, but I want to see that consistent, focused effort across the game because you're still seeing the lapses, and it was five, ten minutes in the Sporting Kansas City game. But other than that, uh, I was actually pretty pleased with the with the SKC game. Do you think that Zlatan's actually going to fly to Chicago and play in Chicago? Yes. Like, you uh-huh. think that he's going to... He's already there. He's already there. They flew today. The, he the, flew today. The they took a picture. They took a picture. So he, he's there. They took a what flight? They took a flight, and he's there. Zlatan did not fly. He must have flown first class or something. Yeah, right. of course. Okay, Listen, right. the, the, the guys... So I know everybody likes to crap on MLS travel all the time. But yeah, most yeah. of the time, they don't fly southwest, all right? Unless it's a very short flight, they won't fly southwest. And my guess is they won't fly southwest for the rest of the year because nobody's going to put Zlatan on a coach seat, okay? So they'll, pl- they'll fly airplanes that have first-class cabins and sections. And there are guys who always sit in first class, and you can probably guess who those guys are most of the time. Although they'll rotate some of those guys. If there's guys with injuries that need a little bit more room, they can pop them up in first class, that type of thing. But for the most part, um, you know, the designated players are going to be up in first class. And, you know, Zlatan's certainly going to be up in first class. There's never going to be a question. First of all, he's gigantic. He doesn't fit in a coach seat. So, so first of all, Zlatan flies the plane. I mean, let's be yeah. real, okay? I mean, Zlatan says the plane flies, and it flies. I mean, he's the one who's putting it up in the air. That's right. We all know that. That's right. He just lifts his hand, and the plane flies. That's how. And it's in the air. He he uh, he, you know, controls the sun and the earth and the moon and the sky, and so that's how it happens. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, I agree. But no, I mean, he flies first class. He's in. You know, I'm sure that they take advantage of like, uh, you know, first class lounges and stuff like that before the game, or before the flight, and then. You know, they fly and, and they go. And I don't think he's going to make a trip to every away game, Wendy, but I think that he's certainly going to make trips here in the near future. So I certainly think that you're going to see him, you know, he, well, I know you're going to see him in Chicago. He's already there. Um, you know, whether or not... I want him playing on turf at all. Not in Portland, not in Seattle, not in Vancouver, not with the Revs. I don't want him playing on any turf field. That'll be interesting to see. I, I, gr- I agree with you. Okay, but you have to remember who the head coach is, right? And the head coach is Siggy Schmidt, who played on turf up in Seattle all the time. And so maybe he has a better, a different view of it than we do. Um, and then also, what does Laton say? Does Laton want to play on turf? I mean, listen, there's a certain, and, and I said this on Monday, and I'll say it again. This isn't an AYSO team. The coach doesn't demand everything and everything happens. And you certainly, you can even see it in Zlatan's book. He likes to be in a place where he's able to talk to managers and, and you know, um, and, and, and glean information from them. And he doesn't mind getting yelled at. That's never the problem. He's just, he wants two-way communication most of the time. And, and sometimes that's not there. But with Siggy Schmidt, there's going to be two-way communication. When he's going to get to go, he's going to be telling Siggy, I want to play. Like if they're going to New England, he's going to be like, I want to play. And and what does Siggy do then? Does Siggy say, listen, it's on turf. It's a cra- it's a long flight. We don't want you to do it. I think we're going to leave you home, blah, blah, blah. Whole deal. What do you do if Zlatan Ibrahimovic comes up to you, Wendy, and tells you Zlatan's playing in New England? That is so interesting. So you're, cause, because Josh has now met Zlatan, whereas I have not. Um, so your impression of Zlatan, based on your interactions with, with him so far, is that he's the type of player who is always going to want to play. It feels like that. It feels like yeah. it, this is this is a different feeling than you certainly got with like Gerard. This is more of a keen Ew. this is more of a keen feeling to me, which is, you oh, know, hey Robbie, your legs broken like in four places. Uh, it's okay, <laughs> I'll play. You know, and it's I- 
of myself, Robbie Keane, for that reason. That Robbie Keane, it did not matter if we were playing the first round of an Open Cup game against an amateur team from Orange County. Robbie Keane would be like, put me in. Yep. I want to go. Yo, we're I, lo- want, I, want, I want to be in there. And, and that's and that's what I get the feeling from Zlatan. Granted, it's early. And we're certainly in the honeymoon period right now. I mean, he's he hasn't even yelled at one reporter yet. Um, yes. I'm, I'm hoping that first reporter's me, but we'll see how it all goes down because uh, I'm sure that's a, that's a sight and an experience in itself. But, I mean, he's in the honeymoon period. He loves it. And it's just the weirdest thing ever that this guy who, again, is a, a world superstar um, and has been and has been listed as, you know, the top player in the world or close to the top player in the world, you know, through almost throughout his career now, once he really matured, you look at him and you sit there and go, he wants to play for the LA Galaxy. He wants to be here and he wants to win games. That's how I feel of whenever I see him on the field. And like, he's okay sitting on the bench just as long as he knows he's gonna play right it's, well, it's one of those like i'm going in right i'm like do i have, yeah i'm going in now it's time so there was a story going around about how he turned down a hundred million dollars from china in order to come to the la galaxy and to me that actually does not surprise me whatsoever one because of all the non-monetary factors and psychic forms of income that players can earn, um, you know, in terms of the lifestyle that they get to lead. But also with respect to Zlatan personally, in his book, he wrote about his huge admiration for Muhammad Ali, who is his idol, along with the original Ronaldo, and how he actually always envisioned somehow making some sort of Uh, impression in the United States of America, you know, coming here and doing something big. That's sort of, I think he's always had that vision of himself. And I, when I hear him, uh, he's very self-referential when he gives interviews, the way he speaks about himself in the third person and things like that, that it almost has echoes of Muhammad Ali. And I think that he has styled himself in a way after him. And so I think that that is something which did not surprise me. And also, this is something else that I want to talk to you about. So I'll, I've listened to a bunch of podcasts and interviews about how they think that Zlatan will, um, how he will mesh or how he will complement Geo, or whether it will be a, 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 a happy marriage or an unhappy marriage. And I have a theory. Yes. Which I want to run by you. Yep, go for it. Which is, ever since Geo came to the LA Galaxy, I have always had the distinct feeling that he was not completely comfortable with the idea of him being the man, like the one who the hopes and aspirations of the teams is placed on. You know, the the heavy is the head that wears the crown and that the weight of people's beliefs about who he could be or what he should be because he's an L3 player and he played at Barcelona, you know, that he came from their academy as a, as a youth, that expectations always weighed heavily on him and in that way, maybe he reminds me a little bit more like Landon than Robbie. Like Landon did not always embrace the role of being the person on from whom people expected everything. He knew that it was expected of him and sometimes he was okay with it, but sometimes he withdrew from it. And it was something that he was sort of reticent um, about in terms of him just not wanting to assume that role. And I was thinking... Zlatan is the exact opposite. Like Zlatan, if there is any predecessor to Zlatan in the LA Galaxy, it is Robbie Keane. He is the person to whom you turn. And, you know, a great story from the 2014 MLS Cup goes into extra time. The players are all cramping. Omar Gonzalez has a furrowed brow. He's shaking his head and Robbie walks up to him. 
and Omar says, I don't know if we're going to, I don't know if we're going to do this, you know, cause it's tied zero zero. It's 120 minutes. And Robbie just turns to him and says, give me the ball and I'll score. Yep. Get me the ball and I'll score. And that's Robbie Keane. And Zlatan reminds me of Robbie Keane in the sense that he wants to be the man. He wants everyone on the team and the and the league in the world to be looking at him, expecting him to score the goal. And I wonder if him assuming that role maybe will free Gio in some way that will maybe ease expectations and maybe give him more freedom to do what he does well and to be playful, to have flair, to do little dribbling techniques, whatever it is that he does best. If maybe it will give him some license to express himself in the field and play with a little bit more happiness um, and to enjoy himself without all that pressure, that maybe it could actually help Gio in a way to have a larger looming character in front of him. Yes. Um, well, you look at, let's just go back and look in history at what we know about Giovanni Dos Santos and the LA Galaxy and when he's been most successful. It was the year that Robbie Keane was still on the team and he clearly wasn't the man, but was forced into the man's position on a couple cases and, you know, didn't really. Listen, I'm not a huge fan of that 2016 season in Giovanni Dos Santos, and I certainly wouldn't use it as a reason for him to be making $5.5 million. However, <laughs> however, um, I, I think there's a possibility that when you look at. Giovanni Dos Santos and where he's most comfortable it is away from the spotlight and so if Zlatan is there and on the field and Gio has to play and if Gio plays in this formation you have to think that Gio is even maybe out on the wing um, so not the man at all but if you look at all these things that you, you take into account I, I can't dismiss your theory I'll just say this that so far Giovanni Dos Santos has has disappointed in every expectation that I've had for him and and any benefit of the doubt I think I've given him uh, he's fallen well short, so uh, you'll forgive me if I'm not thinking that there's going to be a positive outcome to this uh, Giovanni Dos Santos experiment that the Galaxy have been running you know, all these years. And I don't know what that does with the LA Galaxy. I will tell you that if it turns out that Gio is still a flop, even with Zlatan, um, and all these things happen, that uh, you, know, you have to look at just the wasted time the Galaxy spent on that as the main reason why there have been no cups, basically, um, you know, since since Gio has come here because it's a wasted designated player spot for right now. Um, and so he has to do something, Wendy. I mean, clearly, he's the highest-paid player on the team. He makes more money than Zlatan Ibrahimovic, which is laughable, and that more has to do with Zlatan than Gio. Um, so y you sit there and say, if it's not now, then it's never for Gio. So this is it. And and the oh, fact yeah. that, and the fact if that he's Gio, been if Gio can't be successful in this setup, then I don't know what to say to L Tree fans or fans of Giovanni dos Santos or anyone who has ever thought that that guy was worth anything because he is being given an amazing opportunity to do something incredible and. Holy moly, if his father is stepping in the way of this, then I think that this is an object lesson to every parent who is listening on how not to live vicariously through your children because you will destroy their lives. Yep, yep, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Um, yeah, it's it's very interesting. Again, it's it's one of the soap opera, you know, periods that we've looked at through all these things that that have that we continue to sort of monitor and look at and see if it makes, you know, and see, you know, how much damage and, and until it's over. Uh, you can't measure really the success or the damage that it's had on the team, but we're certainly getting that historical perspective already. And with Giovanni Dos Santos injured right now, um, I think it's the perfect time for the Galaxy to sort of sit here and and be able to uh, weigh weigh their options about what they're going to do going forward. All right, we got a phone call. Let me get to this. Uh, 424, who's this? 
Hey, Josh, this is Chris. Hey, Chris. How's it going, buddy? It's going pretty well. I was listening to the uh, show, and I was listening to Wendy talk about Geo, and I thought I should chime in. Yep, certainly. What do you got? Um, don't mean to totally disagree with Wendy here. I know she she's remaining optimistic, and she's thinking, you know, hey, maybe this will work for Geo, and Spotlight will be off, and, you know, maybe he'll work well with Slaton. But if you if you look at Gio's career, he's been on big teams, and he has not been the focal point on a lot of these teams. And it's the same story every team he goes to. Every team he goes to, he rides the bench because the commitment's not there, the mentality's not there. And just a couple weeks ago, you were talking with uh, Kevin Baxter, and he said he was reading a lot into Siggy's comments about, you know, well, you know, some players aren't really committed, something along those lines, right? Yes, that's correct. Regarding the, in- regarding the injured players. So now that I see last weekend's game, and I see that Jonathan is back, and I see that Alessandrini's back, and Gio was also suffering from a hamstring injury, and I'm assuming they're all they're all along the same lines as, you know, on the severity level, right? Why isn't he back? Yeah, well, you know, well, I mean, that's that's the the assumption. There is the big part that we don't know and we'll never know is who was more injured, who got who's least injured, who worked hard, who didn't work hard. They're never going to tell us. I won't say that I, I don't think your assumption is crazy in terms of uh, Siggy's comments and who maybe those were pointed at. Um, and it may be more than just Geo. And in fact, I would tell you, it's more than just Geo those comments were pointed at. Um, so we'll see if those comments have any effect on, on exactly what happens. But I, I know what you're saying about the big teams. I'll, I'll say this, and, and then Wendy, I'll let you, let you uh, answer Chris as well. Um, I'll say that with Gio being in Major League Soccer, he's now a bigger fish in a smaller pond than he's ever been. So if he was ever going to succeed, this is where he should succeed. Wendy, what would you think? No, I think that Chris makes a good point, and he could, he's absolutely right that I could be grasping at straws because I want to there to be a sliver of a chance that Gio can be redeemed for the LA Galaxy and find success in his professional career. And I don't know if his current injury is an injury or if it's an injury masquerading as a protest because he's now no longer the man for the LA Galaxy or because his father doesn't want Gio to be in Zlatan's shadow or because he thinks he should be have uh, higher billing than Zlatan. Some nonsensical ridiculousness, but uh, that is definitely a possibility. And I do think that Gio has never struck me as someone with a particularly strong mentality. If anything, he strikes me as someone who is ultimately just like a sweet kid who really likes to be with his family and loves Los Angeles and doesn't necessarily even want to be a professional athlete. Yeah. But <laughs> I know I, so. I, I understand your optimism. I've been optimistic in the past and I understand mm-hmm. why I've been optimistic. And you certainly look at that. Um, I just, I just like to say that, you know, most of the time and every time I'm optimistic about Geo, I, I tend to get burned on it. And so I'm probably not as optimistic as, as, as you could be if you really wanted to. And I'm not saying, Wendy, I think you could be right. I think this could be the spark that, that does it. But why, here's, here's my whole thing is why would this time be different? You know, and so that's sort of, I keep looking at that and saying, what's really different? It's Laton. He's a big, he's one of the biggest names in football. That's for sure. We get it. But how is that, how is that really going to help? 
Who's and, and how's that help Gio? And I think that if the Galaxy are going to win an MLS Cup this year, then Giovanni Dos Santos has to be a Gio that they can score, you know, 10, 12 goals this year. Um, and if you spread that around, the goal scorers, look at the people who can score goals for the Galaxy right now, Wendy. How did they not score against Sporting Kansas City? But if you look at the guys who are perfectly capable of scoring goals, Ola Kamara can score goals. G- uh, Giovanni Dos Santos, Slaton Ibrahimovic, Jonathan Dos Santos can score goals. Roman Alessandrini, uh, Sebastian Legette, uh, Ima Boateng on occasion whenever he doesn't just dribble himself right into uh, traffic every <laughs> single time. Um, you know, all those things are certainly, you know. So all- why didn't we score against Kansas City, Josh? Uh, they didn't make the goals wide enough is what I've come down to. <laughs> they need to make them huge. They need to make them a little bit bigger, I think, is is how it goes. Just a little bit wider. Get a, get a little bit wider and the Galaxy score three goals. No problem. Uh, a little bit wider, a little bit t- a little bit higher. Listen, There's I'm, a reason. no, I mean, it, it, again, with Sporting Kansas City, I was encouraged. And if you don't, if you look at this as just you know a letdown after LAFC, you didn't see the progress they made. Okay, you didn't see the defensive you know stand that they made for an X number of minutes, which they haven't done this year. All right. And so you look at all of these things and you're like, okay, I see it. I see, I see the progression. And I talked to a player and I said, Hey, I go. So if I said that you guys played well against sporting Kansas city and you didn't go your way and that you had a better game than LAFC, am I crazy? And the player said, no, you're not crazy. I know what you're seeing and I understand how, how you saw that. And I said, okay, great. I go. So then what the heck is wrong? I go, why is the ball not going in the net? Why do you guys look disjointed from the back to the middle to the front? Why do you see all these things? Why do I see the different segments of this? And he go, and the, the player was laughing. He goes, no, I get it. I get it. But we haven't had time to play together yet. Give us some time to play together. We have guys who are coming back that, you know, yeah, we got them in preseason, but we haven't played them in like real games yet. And now we have to work somebody like Zlatan Ibrahimovic in, um, you know, and try to try to figure that out. He goes, so it's going to take us some time, but they're, they're feeling confident, Wendy, which is good. I like the feeling confident part. So that's 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 always a, always a plus here. We got another phone call. Let me uh, let me bring this in. Uh, let's see. Who's this? Hi, this is Julio calling from Osaka. Julio from Osaka, Japan. Julio, how's it going, buddy? Good, good. How are you guys doing? We are we're doing great. Wendy, you still doing good? Yes, I'm doing well. Okay, perfect. What do you got, Julio? Well, I just um I just wanna sort of just say that, you know, I think Gio uh I think it's a total waste. Like, you know, I just given up on him completely. If C benches him for the rest of the season, I'm okay with that. I think the LA Galaxy just needs to cut their losses. Yeah, um, yeah, you're you're not. Here's the thing. I'll tell you right now. It's made it a lot easier for Siggy Schmidt to work Zlatan Ibrahimovic into the lineup without Giovanni Dos Santos being part of the equation right now. That's I, I think it's made it super easy in order to do that. So as he comes back, I think it'll be more difficult. Yes, yes, and and I guess you know after the World Cup, maybe Gio will just completely give up on the season himself. Also, so yeah, I guess we'll see. Julio, that's your hope. That's your hopes and dreams that Gio just gives up on soccer after the World Cup. I mean, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, like he's just been he's been away since all these years, and the Galaxy just needs to cut their losses. Yep, and just move on. Awesome, Julio. Hey, buddy, thanks for calling in. All right. Is there any uh, way we could trade him to Liga Mekis? Yeah, you Is could. Is there any we yeah. could just get rid of him? But yeah. and if we did, would that mean Jonathan had to go? Because is it like a twosome where we're gonna have to if we want to get rid of them, we have to get rid of both of them? Because I'd kind of like to keep Jonathan. Um, I used to say that you'd have to move them both. I, I don't know. Maybe Jonathan Jonathan fits into this team very well. 
Uh, so I, it's one of those, maybe I'm holding on to strings to say that, you know, oh no, you, you, Jonathan would stay, but I'm not sure he would. And quite honestly, if you're, if you're tasked with making that decision, Wendy, if you have to pull the plug in order to move Geo, you have to move Jonathan as well. Do you pull the plug? Uh, well, doesn't that mean we have two DP slots? See, I mean, that's, it's not the worst thing Ooh, in the world, right? It's kind of exciting. It's like, it's like getting a gift card to your favorite store. Where can you go shopping? I know. So, oh, um, let's Bayern Munich have on the sales rack. There, there you go. Exactly. exactly. Or somebody in South America, perhaps. I know lots of people will be, what about South America? South America. I know. I know. It's always the same. All right. No, but that, that's interesting. Let's go over some injury updates just that way everybody knows. Uh, Giovanni Dos Santos, sure. still injured, unlikely to travel, probably didn't travel, won't dress. Um, you can go on MLS's injury report, which is constantly wrong and stop going there and just read us here at corner of the galaxy where we have probably the most up-to-date injury reports in our stories that are out there. And we, we, that's one of the things we pride ourselves on is trying to figure out all these, all this injury stuff. All right. So I I want you to understand that if you see anything from major league soccer that says injury report on it, you should, uh, I would, what I would do is I would print it out. Uh, and then I would light it on fire and anything that didn't completely burn, I would throw in the recycling bin. Um, because that's about how accurate it is. So Giovanni Dos Santos is going to be out. He's not. I doubt he traveled. I doubt he's there. Um, the only other person who's on the injury list right now who has cleared concussion protocol is Bradford Jameson. So he is back to training, but he will not be with the first team. In fact, the next sort of step for him is probably games with LA Galaxy 2. So keep an eye on him going there. You have uh, Jonathan Dos Santos, who had the hamstring but came back last week. Um, you have Roman Alessandrini, who had the hamstring but is back. Uh, all the other injuries have sort of cleared up. Even Sebastian Legette with his foot getting stepped on, he says he's fine. Um, and I would expect after getting a rest last week, Wendy, and, and Siggy was very vocal about this, saying that he thought that they were forced to give Sebastian Legette too many in- minutes too early. So he was happy that he was finally going to be able to get to rest him this last game. So he did. He got him some rest. And so I wouldn't be surprised if Sebastian Legette starts um, in place of, you know, perhaps somebody else who needs a little bit of a blow and, and, and takes a little bit of time off. Maybe somebody like Jonathan Dos Santos, um, mm. which I, I know everybody's like, hey, he looked fine. But remember, coming off an injury, cold weather, rainy, windy, you need to be careful with some of these guys. I think Roman Alessandrini is going to be close to 90 minutes fit. Um, he went, what, right around 60 minutes, I think? Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, you, I mean, look at him to go 70 or 80 this time. Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Uh, I know there's lots of people, and I'll, I'll say it, I, I think you're stupid. This, there's lots of <laughs> stupid people who say that Zlatan could start this game. Um, no! No. So so look at his progression of minutes, and just let's do math, and let's, let's uh, factor in the Zlatan factor as well. So he played 20 minutes the first game, 30 minutes the second game. So realistically, you would put him in for 40 minutes, right? Well, how about 45 minutes, Wendy? Does that sound like a nice round number to anybody? Listen, so, everyone came when, when at the at the fifth, right around the 45th or 50th minute, the people in my section started chanting, we want Zlatan, we want Zlatan. And I turned around to everyone and I said, hush, <laughs> shush, shush you all. You don't know. You're going to hurt him if you do this. So he should be like 30 minutes max. Yeah, That's I, what I think. 30 minutes max. I, he has not played soccer in a year, people. Yeah. Well, I mean, it hasn't been it hasn't been that long. It was December, but whenever he played for Manchester United, but it wasn't a, a string of games really and it wasn't yeah. Play. I know. He didn't a get a bunch. Yeah, and and he came in uh, for a little bit. Listen, I think that he can stretch to 45 minutes this time. I think that, that if they wanted to play him the entire second half. Listen, Again, people are complaining, Wendy, that, you know, you had to pull somebody off like Ramon Alessandrini when he was one of the more dangerous people against Sporting Kansas City. I get it. 
but you got to manage minutes, and that's part of being the manager and understanding these guys and what their injuries are. And so if you're trying to work Zlatan Ibrahimovic back up into game shape, then you're looking at a guy who could push 30, 35, 40 minutes, 45 minutes, play the whole second half. Now, again, he wouldn't start because people were like, well, just start him then. And then you could play 45 minutes. Then some of that sounds horrible. You want Zlatan Ibrahimovic to close out a game. You don't want him to start a game. All right. So eventually he's going to be a guy who goes 90 minutes for the Galaxy. At least I think that's how they're going to try to work it. uh, Despite the rich man, Alan Gordon jokes. Uh, which, by the way, I should point out, it will be the 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 Zlatan Ibrahimovic, rich man Alan Gordon versus the everyman Alan Gordon uh, whenever they face off against Chicago because Alan Gordon now on the Chicago Fire. So that will be the 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 Gordon the Gordon Classico the Gordo oh, Classico boy. El Gordo Classico See, who, Terrifico. Who can score a go- gar- who can score a goal from fifty yards? <laughs> they both can. But who's going to do it with a bicycle kick? Okay, Alan Gordon snowshoes, snowshoes, <laughs> Alan Gordon. That used to be his nickname. He's gotten, you know what? He's still he's still doing great for them, and you know he's a sub for them. We'll see if he wants to come on. It was it's just a lot of fun uh, to see Alan Gordon, who they look a lot like each other. Let's let's be honest, they do look similar um, sometimes. They're tall. They're both tall, Josh. I'm not sure if that means that they look alike. I see a lot of dissimilar characteristics. One being that Alan Gordon reminds me from a guy who should be in like hunting and be hunting to be surfing and. You know, Zlatan Ibrahimovic looks like he should be doing. He is from like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like he's a character out of a Tolstoy novel. I don't know. I don't. He looks like he should be doing biathlon, like in Sweden, right? He should be skiing and then shooting things. That's that's how they it. grow them tall in Sweden. Okay. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> I thought you said those were your people. How was how they do are, they grow okay, them tall? So I am not tall, <laughs> but my family in Sweden in Malmo where he's from where my right. family also lives right. um, they are tall okay if you hey, tall, big, big tall people now we know why your side of the family got shipped out to the United States not tall hey. enough not tall enough um, <laughs> it, it, here's Alan Gordon talking about Zlatan Ibrahimovic by the way I thought this was hysterical if you don't know Alan's Gordon, Alan Gordon's humor by now there's something wrong with you because people were actually like saying oh he better step off don't no just stop simmer uh, Alan Gordon talking about uh, Zlatan Ibrahimovic. He says he's a legend. He's amazing to watch. He does special things. It's nice to see him pick up one of my celebrations, taking off the shirt and with the number nine on the galaxy. So I even <laughs> like him more because of that. So there's Alan Gordon. <laughs> Zlatan copied me. All right. Zlatan copied me. Uh, by the way, uh, I, I think we mentioned it. I don't know if we mentioned it on Monday. I don't think we had it on Monday. But um, the game against Chicago was a sellout because of Zlatan Ibrahimovic. The game against Dallas is a sellout because of Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Uh, I would imagine that the game at home against Atlanta probably is going to be a sellout. LAFC was already a sellout before Zlatan got there, but it certainly racked up the ticket prices once they knew that he was going to be there. Sporting Kansas City was technically a sellout. So we're on a sellout streak going on right now. Anywhere Zlatan goes, the uh, the people go. So we'll see how that goes, and especially whenever they go on this three-game road trip they have, Wendy, which goes Dallas, Houston, Montreal about which games he decides not to play in those and whether or not they sell out in advance. So, Oh, I think the marriage of MLS and Zlatan Ibrahimovic is financially one that is absolutely outstanding. In in law, we have something that's called uh, mutuality of remedies in terms of how both parties here could potentially get exactly what they want in terms of MLS is going to sell tickets and merchandise and elevate the status of the league by bringing this in this huge name player. On the other hand... Zlatan gets exposure to a brand new market of 330 million people. If you add in Mexico, it's 400 and something million people. Um, And 
you know, spon- he, the two largest sponsors in the world are Nike and Adidas. And he now can potentially sign up lucrative sponsorship deals with sportswear manufacturers. And anyone who in the United States of America did not know who Zlatan was is potentially going to be able to buy products from him. It's going to give him insane exposure. They're both going to make a buttload of money. Like it's, it is. And you know, that's the whole thing. I know um, there's certain people saying, well, there's no way Zlatan's coming only for $3 million. No, he really is. Um, but the the bottom line is that, as you said, his expansion into the United States and what he's able to do with sponsorships. And by the way, he's still going to carry some of those sponsorships he had in Europe over here. Oh, yeah. I mean, those aren't going to go away. He can still do those commercials and do that. He'll just shoot them here in L.A. and they'll still, you know, go off over there. So he's going to make money from those. And then he'll be able to open up the U.S. market. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he rakes in another 15, 20 million dollars just on sponsorships alone. Does that sound outrageous? No, not at all. I mean, in terms of sponsorship deals, if you look at some of the deals that have been struck with NBA players and with professional soccer players in terms of their deals with Adidas, Nike, Puma, Under Armour, actually, uh, some of these sponsorship deals are absolutely insane in terms of what they rake in. And you don't have not necessarily, you know, just Cristiano Ronaldo and Lionel Messi, but, and some of the athletes recently, once one thing that's been happening in terms of sports law, I know a few sports lawyers is a lifetime sponsorship deal. I don't, you know, both Cristiano Ronaldo and Lionel Messi, I think both entered into lifetime sponsorship deals. And one of the sponsorship deals, I think they estimated that Lionel Messi's, I think it was Lionel Messi's would be worth a billion dollars. So... I just like to. I just want to tell. So, in the course of his career, by the way, Zlatan Ibrahimovic has raked in already. He's raked in hundreds of millions of dollars. So you don't need to worry about him losing (laughs) out on money. Okay, he'll be fine. I'm the I'm the girl who packs her lunch every day, brings a brown bag lunch to work every day. Zlatan can't afford to, you know, go out to lunch. He'll be okay. I was just surprised that he's going to fly to Chicago. Yeah. In fact, because I assume that he just flies a jet everywhere. No, no, he flew. Listen, he is the he is a very much a guy who will who wants to be with the boys, right? So he, he likes to he do that. A, he so, is a boy. He is a guy's guy. I I will tell you. I, I will also. I just want to announce to everybody that if anybody would like to make a corner of the galaxy lifetime sponsorship deal to to us <laughs> here, we're we're more than a billion dollars sounds about right for me, Wendy. I think if, if we're in agreement, we can find a split there that'll work for both of us. So yeah, a billion dollars. Send it on over. Uh, Anytime. We're, we're all signed. There's an outside chance if you actually strike that deal with Corner Galaxy that Josh will double my salary of zero dollars a year. That's right. That's, everybody gets zero? Zero dollars a year. Two times. You know what? I will triple that salary. Three times zero. That's how it works. <laughs> I would like to remind everybody while we're talking about sponsorships and things that you can do to help support Corner of the Galaxy. If you don't have a billion dollars to give us a lifetime sponsorship deal, we understand, but you can still order your Lion of Los Angeles t-shirt. Go on cornerofthegalaxy.com, click on the shop button, and you can find the Lion of Los Angeles t-shirt right there for $25. If you're listening on the podcast, stop the podcast. I don't normally do this. Stop the podcast, go down, click the link, and order your shirt because you're running out of time. It ends basically Sunday at 9 p.m., all right? So Sunday the 15th at 9 p.m., that's it. And I'm not, there's no guarantees this will ever become available again. And uh, so far, we've sold about 80 shirts. And so if we could just get another 20 up to 100, that literally makes us uh, very happy here at the podcast, able to do everything that we need to do. So again, cornerofthegalaxy.com, click on the shop button, and you can get your very own Lion of Los Angeles t-shirts. Not that it has any relation, Wendy, to anything else that we have talked about on this show. No, I just we just like animals. We like it animals. It was National Pet Day yesterday, and Josh really wanted to celebrate. 
somebody asked how many stickers they get if if they sponsor us. You can have all the stickers for a billion dollars. I imagine. <laughs> I imagine we. You're could, sticking we, with the billion dollar price tag, though. I'm surprised by that. Well, I figure start high, work down, right? <laughs> right. I mean, that's how it goes. It was funny. Uh, uh, whenever I was, uh, I did some freelancing, which I had never done before, and you know, I got a article published in the L- in the LA Times whenever Kevin was away I helped him out while he was gone and it was it was way too frantic for me who doesn't write on deadline and you know is their own boss so I didn't I didn't love it um, but nonetheless whenever they asked me what my rate was I told Kevin I'm like wait what's what should be my rate I don't I don't know how much these things like and I was doing research on things and he told me a number I'm like that sounds high Kev- Kevin that's high no 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 that's that I, I, feel, I would feel bad about that so I went in and eventually I'm like well I'll just start with it and if you know we'll work down and so I, I put the number in there and they go okay and they just said okay like we'll pay it and so i yelled at kevin i said you told me a number that was too low why did you do that so yeah that's that's how i negotiate right there that's that's garage sale negotiation 101 there ah lots of fun all right uh let's see let's I'm, get go ahead i'm so glad that you went to kevin with your questions about negotiation instead of asking the lawyer you know you're right <laughs> Kidding. You're Kevin right, though. Kevin is officially, I think, the dad of the podcast. He I'm feel, pretty he, sure that he's, he's the, the panda, didn't you hear? He's the he panda. He's a panda. He looks like a panda. Panda of Los Angeles t-shirts. Those, will, those oh. will, I'm sure. It's And by the way, Kevin and I came up with our morning show, uh, the morning zoo name, and aptly named, by the way, our morning zoo show. If we were going to have a morning radio station, it would be uh, Pando and Pato in the morning. Um, oh, so, that's yes, perfect. That's perfectly horrible. I'll leave all the jokes to Kevin. That's I apologize to everybody right now. Um, let's talk about this game real quick against Chicago because there are some interesting things that I found while I was researching this game. Uh, the LA Galaxy already in Chicago as we record the show on Thursday night, April 12th. They are already there. They will train on Friday. You know, if they don't get blown away and lightning doesn't strike uh, on April 13th, the Friday, and then they will play on Saturday, April 14th, a 12.30 p.m. kickoff time here, Pacific time. So it's early. Uh, lunch plus 30 if you're if you're paying attention, all right? So you don't want to miss it. It's on Univision. Uh, Univision, if you don't want to say it with all the flair that I have somehow mustered with that. Um, so it's on Univision, and then you can also watch it on Twitter. This is one of the games that's on Twitter, so there's really no excuse for you not to be watching this game. Uh, you should also know there's like 12 or 13 watch parties around Southern California that you can find through all the different supporters groups, so that's something that you want to watch as well. But... There's some interesting things going on with the LA Galaxy in Chicago. As a matter of fact, uh, let's see, nobody has actually won this game unless you go back to, and I'm going to have to look it up again. Um, I think if you go back to 2013, 2013, the Galaxy won a game. Other than that, they've all been ties or and they've all been draws or different things. I'll, I'll tell you this, that Chicago has not beaten the LA Galaxy, Wendy, since August of 2010. Okay. Oh my god! I know this is ridiculous. It's gone on too long, and I'm and as I post my, we've been bad for like two years. Yeah, Chicago still couldn't beat anybody. It didn't well. matter because Chicago was actually pretty bad too. That's why that's why that was all. That's why that all goes that way. But no, when you look at it, so Chicago has not beaten the LA Galaxy since August of 2010 when they were at StubHub Center and won three to two. Um, so I didn't even look for the last time that Chicago actually beat the LA Galaxy. Now, having said that, I don't think that's going to be an impediment to. To um to Chicago beating the Galaxy this time, I think there's a realistic chance that the, that Chicago beats the Galaxy. Um, they they've started to play better, so you've certainly seen that. Granted, the, the Chicago at the beginning of the year couldn't score, couldn't defend, uh, but they did something that was kind of novel. At least in the last game, they moved Bastian Schweinsteiger back into a sweeper role. All right, and in that sweeper role, he was able to shut down a Columbus a Columbus offense who has been very good. 
Um, as we know, it's because everybody's been following along with Jossie's artists as he's been tearing up MLS over there with the Columbus crew. So the, the, the sort of interesting part comes to this, that if Schweinsteiger sort of uh, rekindles that sweeper role, that he could have a very prominent role marking one Zlatan Ibrahimovic once Ibra comes on as well. So the two former Manchester United teammates there could be uh, matching right up against each other. And I've already told everybody about the weather in this game and how it's probably going to be crazy, um, that it's windy, there's thunderstorms, so there's a good chance that this could even be a delayed game or the day the game could be stopped if there's lightning. So keep that in mind as well and keep your fingers crossed. But about 42 degrees is the high, so it's not going to be super warm. It's going to be wet. So you're like borderline rain here or borderline rain, snow, ice mixture if it gets a little bit colder depending on when it is. But it should be right around 42 degrees at kickoff time, and, and that's what you're going to get to see with this. So um, I don't Chicago know. Chicago sold out a game where the weather is going to be 42 degrees. I don't, I don't, let's just see if it's actually sold out. Like they sold all the tickets. Let's see who shows up because yeah, I know how that goes. Who's going to show up to a bright, shiny day of like thunderstorms and 42 degrees? Well, I mean, it's your only chance to see Zlatan Ibrahimovic, Wendy. We're spoiled. It's not. It's their only chance yes, to see Zlatan. Yes, I know. I see Zlatan every other week in the third row right behind the LA Galaxy bench. I'm fine. Yeah, you're you're good. I would say, yeah, I I would expect you wouldn't go to this game, but there are there are traveling fans who are going and, and all that fun stuff as well. I will tell you this right now that if you're a betting person on Siggy Schmidt doing something silly with the lineup or doing something that he is going to look strange with the lineup, that I would put money down on it being silly. Um, there's just one of these things that there's a couple things that are hanging out there that probably uh, will get announced before the game, so we'll see if that all happens. Um, but there's some there's some hesitancy on my part to name a full-on starting lineup and tell you that everybody who was playing last week is certainly playing this week. I do think Zlatan Ibrahimovic is playing, so if you if you think that's who I'm referring to, it's not. All right, so just hang You're in there. Being vague, I have to be. Yeah, it's it's one of those things. So um, sometimes we have all the information before we go live on Thursday. Imagine what would have happened. We had a Thursday night podcast that got to uh, launch because um, because the news broke that Zlatan Ibrahimovic was act- was actually signed with the LA Galaxy Thursday morning. Imagine what that podcast would have been like on Thursday night had that news not broken out. Okay, I'll just tell everybody it wouldn't have been nearly as fun as Josh says hypothetically about seven million times but we knew it had been basically done since before that so it was it was one of those things so that's how it works but i just want everybody to know keep an eye on the lineups uh you can certainly follow us here at corner of the galaxy follow kevin kevin baxter actually traveled with the team um he so did he did pandas in chicago yep he is so uh so the man the myth the legend kevin baxter on the ground in chicago um i imagine he'll go to la galaxy training tomorrow if they have training or if they play ping pong inside because it's raining or something like that you never know Never know how that's gonna go. So yeah, so that's the uh, that's the game. Listen, Nikolic obviously huge for for Chicago. He is their leading goal scorer. He's also the 2017 MLS uh, Golden Boot winner. So he's a guy who can score tons of goals. They have a very talented team. This is not the Chicago you know fire of old. Um, the Galaxy did well last year, tied them two two. The year before that was two two as well. Um, so you're looking at possibly a three three. You know, two two three three. Um, that's well, we're definitely going to cough up a couple of goals if I know our defensive line as it is right now. So I hope that we can score some too. In fact, I'd be willing if the entire season the LA Galaxy decides to just post NFL numbers and we, you know, have some games 10-7, 12-6, whatever. If we can just score a bunch of goals, I, I'll live with being coughing them up. Yeah, I, I, I understand that. I will tell you this, that you need to give your defense a little more credit and put a little more pressure on that midfield. Uh, Most of these goals... Ashley Cole, I love Ashley. Yes. I know you're everything. You're my hero. 
I I think you're the best, and I never have anything to say about you, and I just wish you the best of luck dealing with your colleagues there on the back line. You do the best you can do the best you can actually that's I, all i can say because I, he does he does the best he can because i see at the game every single game he tries so hard he tries so hard and it's just i can see it in his face he's just he's just apoplectic with just wanting to be able to you know help them and do something but you know he can't he can't yeah yeah uh, it, I am not as down on the defense as you are. The uh, I, I I'm oh, I'm perfectly God. satisfied with actually most of the players back there. I need them to stop turning the ball over in the midfield. That's leading yeah. to these fast breaks. The the whole yes, reason the Galaxy are bad on defense is because they're a little slow. All right, and because they're slow, they get caught out on 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 bad changes. So if you put a bad pass somewhere in a bad position, you're going to leave that defense hung out to dry. They don't have the recovery speed to make it back. So our passing in the last game was poor. They were not, it was not great. It was better than Sporting Kansas City's, by the way. I think if you go back and look at the pass percentage accuracies, I think it's better. And the Galaxy had more passes and actually more. So again, it's all these things. It looks bad, and you go and look at the numbers, and you have to put it through your eye filter. I'm not one of these people who just says, oh, well, the numbers say this, so this is what happens. That's BS. All right, put it through your eye filter. You always have to see what the numbers are telling you. So if you can look at a number and then go, you know, that wasn't horrible. And if you look at the Galaxy's defense, Wendy, they slacked off for about five minutes because they allowed two goals in five minutes, which was better than about the 45 minutes they slacked off on in the uh, LAFC game. So again, I'm encouraged by the progression. I think if they progress again, what you can look forward to in a Chicago game, if this Galaxy team is starting to make progress, Wendy, is that they keep a zero on the board back behind them and they're able to score some goals. If they can do that, if they can they can start beefing up that, that defense, allowing one of the big deals for me is keeping Perry Kitchen planted in front of that back four, um, able to get forward when he needs to, but most of the time not taking that that advantage and, and going forward, which means he has to have somebody in front of him who is the... Who is that 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 offensive playmaker guy like Jonathan Dos Santos who can go forward and do that stuff and leave Perry to be the defensive side? Do that stuff, and I'll be pretty happy against Chicago. Yeah. I think it would be incredible if we kept a clean sheet. Just and got to do it. Got to. David Bingham eventually has to prove that he's a number one goalkeeper, and <sighs> and with that also comes the fact that defense has to not leave him out to dry. All right, so those two things happen, and you start to see a defensive unit. no lapses unit. in concentration. Possibly Michael Ciani coming back into this starting lineup as well. Um, he was on the bench last time. He's fully healed, been fully training. That's one of the things that you can watch as well. So Michael Ciani possibly coming back, um, and then just keep an eye on all those guys who were previously injured and whether or not they're on the bench, not on the bench, didn't travel, all those types of fun things. I'm sure some news and uh, a bunch of stuff will come out after training on Friday. Um, so check that out, and again, you can go to cornerofthegalaxy.com and we'll try to have updates on all that stuff as well. All right, anything else, Wendy? Nope. You are you're done. You don't. Okay. Hey, tell people where they can find you. We'll get on out of here. You can find me at American Soccer Now in Corner of the Galaxy and on Twitter at Bart's Blunt. All right. And if you're uh, looking for me on Twitter at Jay Guessman, J G U E S M A N, and of course at Galaxy Podcast is where you can find us on Twitter, cornerofthegalaxy.com. Again, cornerofthegalaxy.com. Click on the shop button. You can shop our merchandise, Corner of the Galaxy Scarves. Uh, we still have the t-shirts for sale until Sunday. So get in on those t-shirts. You, you want those t-shirts. They're cool t-shirts. We like them, and they're going to help us out too. So please, go uh, go check those out. All right, uh, let's see. If there's nothing else, I think that does it. LA Galaxy face-off against the Chicago Fire on Saturday, 12.30 p.m. 
Uh, please check that out. And then, of course, uh, we'll see everybody back when the Galaxy get ready to host Atlanta United uh, back at Stump Up Center the next week. All right, for Miss Wendy Thomas, I'm Josh Gessman. You've been listening to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Have a great one. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. And for all of your independent LA Galaxy news, discussion, and entertainment, including this podcast, head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com. Fans, thanks for listening. We ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Arajo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everyone.